So good morning, church. Uh, my name is Warren Brosey. Uh, I'm one of the ministers here, and it's been a while since I've been here on this stage. So if you've just joined us in the last uh, handful of weeks, uh, you're probably like, who is this guy? But uh, I am back. Uh, thank you for giving me a gift. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of you guys. So. So I just came back from a, a, a lengthy summer uh, rest, of Sabbath rest. Uh, the church has been so generous. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for the gifts. And so my goal today is just to kind of give you some uh, summary of what we did this summer. Uh, one, just to, because I want to. And two, I think it's good to show some accountability of, okay, we've, we've given you this gift. You know, what's, what's been your investment? So uh, I just want to say thanks to... Our elders and, and our deacons, and to the church leaders for Michael and Jennifer, carried some extra responsibility in my absence. Uh, thank you very much. I've heard good things while I've been gone. I heard Michael's doing a good job preaching. I even heard just yesterday a compliment of how he cared for a family during a funeral in, our ab- in my absence. So I know there's been some good things. There's the, the welcome table out there to, to make sure our first-time guests feel, feel more welcomed and valued, so that's improved. Uh, we had a good vacation Bible school, I heard, with partnering with Loami Christian, and we raised a lot of money for our missionary friends that are going to Africa. And then we had the, the team led the Nationwide Youth Roundup group. Was there 49 people? Something like that. I don't even know because I was not in charge. It was so nice. <laughs> it was so good. And I had a shirt printed, and it just said, Ask Michael. That was my question. Whenever somebody came, I said, Just go ask Michael. That was my standard answer all summer, so uh, I'll see how long I can ride that uh, answer out too. But the, the, t- the leaders of the Colorado trip did a great job. I was able to witness some of what they were doing firsthand, and they, we baptized, I think, seven kids, or, or we're going to as a result of that. That might have been the best uh, you know, conversion baptisms that we've ever had out there. So I'm just thankful that my key still works. So I want to just uh, unpack some things of how God's been moving in my heart uh, this summer. Um, one of the things, I'm going to cry, but I'm sure I didn't want to, doggone it. Uh, I cried like every Sunday I was gone, I just did. Uh, so um, so um, Ruth Haley Barton, she writes a book, Invitation of Solitude and Silence, and uh, that really spoke to me, so I want to encourage you to kind of add that to your book list. Uh, invitation to Solitude and Silence, Ruth Haley Barton. She uh, was in a season where just life was crazy busy, and she went with, met with a spiritual director to kind of find some you know, guidance of like, how can I get my life in balance? And uh, the director said that your life is like a jar of muddy river water. And so I brought uh, a jar of Curran Gardener water, uh, and I put some dirt and sand, and so you can, can you see kind of how, can you, do you, don't, don't you like that squeaky sound? So the, our lives are full of all kinds of sediment, and we're busy, and you know, we're going to kids' soccer games, we're running this meeting or that meeting, we're working overtime, and our life is just busy. And she said that the director said, your life is like that. And she writes in her book that was something convicting to me, she said, you know, we Uh, rarely can just linger over a cup of coffee. She said, we feel like we have to check our email and our voicemail and our text messages 
one more time before we leave the office or one more time before we go to bed. She said our, our, our nightstands are stacked with books and journals for, uh, to help us keep on top of the game instead of just reading something for pure pleasure. She said we've got projects and repairs all the time. They're ongoing and we can't stop and just enjoy an evening with our family or go out for a leisurely walk. And when I read those, I'm like, ugh, guilty as charged. And she said, you need to sit still long enough so that the busyness and the sediment and the dust and dirt of your life can just settle so that you can hear and see God. And I don't know if this will get clear by the end of the sermon. I can preach till it gets clear, but it might take a couple of days. I practiced this on Thursday, and when I walked in this morning, this jar was clear but it kind of takes some time. And so it took some time for me this summer. I thought it took about five weeks. One of my elders said, no, it took you longer than that to settle down for the dust to just kind of be still. Because we just get in this mode, this mode of just go, 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 go. And so I want to challenge each and every one of us. The Sabbath gives us an opportunity to be still so we can enjoy our Father's love. That's a sermon for today. The Sabbath provides opportunities to be still. Did you hear Kathy read it? Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 4610. To be still so we can experience our Father's love. And I want to anchor this message in summary in two passages of Scripture. And one is in 1 Kings chapter 19. And so I want to invite you uh, to get your Bibles open or open up your electronic device or the pew Bibles in front, which I'm so glad to see them back in the pews. Uh, page 285, 1 Kings 19, and then we'll get to 1 John 3 uh, toward the end. And for those of you who are joining I'm online, I'm so glad that you're here with us too. So I want you to follow along as, we've, as we unpack some of this. But in 1 Kings 18, 19, there's this great prophet named Elijah. And Elijah has this mountaintop experience, literally, on Mount Carmel. I've seen it, but I didn't get to go on top of it, and I wish I could. So if I get to go back to Israel, I'm going to climb Mount Carmel. But he has this showdown with 850 false prophets, and they basically say, whose God is real? And Elijah prays to the God that we serve and worship, and our God answered with fire and proved that he was the true God. And all those 850 prophets, it doesn't end real well. And word gets back to Queen Jezebel that her prophets have been killed. And Jezebel says to Elijah, sends a message, God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow you're still alive, because I'm going to kill you, Elijah. Now Elijah can just, just faced off 850 false prophets, but he's scared to death of this queen, and he runs into the wilderness. I'm going to pick up the story, 1 Kings 19, verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, he said. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Have you ever had those experiences? God, I'm done. I don't want to live anymore. I am done with this. If you've had those feelings, Elijah knows what you're feeling. 
And so he says, God, just take my life. I want to die. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he lay down again. One thing I realized in my Sabbath off was just that we are mind, body, and spirit. And so if one part is is kind of out of whack, it kind of affects all of us. And so if we just live on like ding-dongs and Twinkies all day, our lives are not going to turn out real well. So it's important to take care of this physical body, exercise, just move. I just, every day I just, I've got to move. I've got to keep this body moving so that I can stay healthy physically, which will help me have a good frame of mind and also connect me with my spirit with God. But so much of the time here at church, we just like, you pray, you read your Bible. Yes, it's all of that. So he, he rests. I didn't think I could sleep this long. I was still taking naps like three weeks ago. I'm like, there's no way I should still be tired. But I was still napping uh, back in August. And so just getting your body to rest and just to refresh uh, was very helpful. And then so, so Elijah's resting. He's in a depressed state, and so he just needs to sleep. And so he sleeps. Angel wakes him up. Hey, I've cooked breakfast. I bet that was some of the best food in the world. Don't you think if an angel made it, it's sitting there on the hot coals, it sounds really, really good. And so he says, get up, eat. You're going to need some more nourishment because the, the journey is hard, okay? So that is what's going on. We pick up the story continuing on, 1 Kings 19. We're at verse uh, 7. The angel came back a second time, get up and eat for the journey is too much. So he got up, ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And so he strengthened this food 40 days, 40 nights. The Bible likes that number, doesn't it? 40 days and 40 nights. In fact, our core 52 verse for this week is on the ascension from Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And after a period of 40 days, Jesus was with his disciples after he rose from the grave. And then it said, after he said this, he was taken from their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So read that this week for your core 52 on the ascension. But Jesus also was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. And said he didn't have anything to eat. And the tempter came to him. And Jesus defeated the evil one with that power from God and the Holy Spirit. And Elijah is going to be in this mountain experience and have this experience with God. And he says he comes to to this mountain called Mount Horeb. We don't use that term much in our lingo, but we might know the name of this mountain by its other name, Mount Sinai. Does that ring a bell, Mount Sinai? Have you heard about Mount Sinai? It's actually the same mountain where Moses sees this bush that's on fire, but it doesn't burn up, and God says, take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. And it's also that same mountain, Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, same mountain, just different names where Moses later receives the ten words, the ten commandments. And now here, Elijah is at this mountain. And he's about to experience God. We pick it up 
in verse 9. Then he went into a cave and spent the night there. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to to the death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Two times he asked him this question, What are you doing here? As I was reflecting on these verses and the farm in Trenton in that nice, green, oversized, comfy chair, that's my favorite chair at that place, I was reflecting on that, and I asked my, myself that question. What are you doing here, Warren? What's this summer all about? Just me and God, and here's a couple of vice in the house. I killed them, though. <laughs> I hate those things. So anyway, just me and God. What are you doing here, Warren? What's this summer really about? So I wrote down in my journal, I journaled a lot this summer. I went through five ink pens. I always lose them before I run out of ink. And I wrote one of my sabbatical goals to renew my passion for ministry. To renew my passion for ministry. That's why I'm here. And I don't think the ink was even dry. And then I'm like, no, better scratch that. I'm here to renew my passion for God. And out of that passion will flow and overflow ministry. Don't get the two confused, my friends. We can be busy with a lot of things, even for God, but if we're not passionate about God, does it really even matter? And so I wrote that on our 20th anniversary, August 18th, to renew my passion for God. And one of the benefits of the Sabbath rest gives us the opportunity just to be still and to renew our faith in God. But you got to be still, because it takes a while for that stuff to kind of settle, doesn't it? It takes a while for the, the busyness and the stress just to find its way to the bottom. And God wasn't in the fire, although He can be in the fire, or the wind, or the earthquake. No, it was in the whisper. And as Father Tim says, from Mitford fame, if you've read the books by Jan Kieran, God wants to be as close to us as our very breath. Sounds a little bit like the Holy Spirit. So I want to thank you for the opportunity to renew my faith in God this summer. We got to visit a lot of different churches. It's kind of hard to visit churches when you're preaching every Sunday. So it was really nice and weird to just go and just be a church person like you guys. It's just different. I don't know how to say it. Uh, We're the same, 
okay? But you just, I just, it's hard to walk in and not just kind of be in that mode of like, okay, what can we do better? What can we do different? And all this stuff. So it was just nice just to be. And it was nice to hold my daughter on my lap and just hear a sermon. It was nice. And try to keep them quiet. I get it. Been there, done that, okay? So it just was nice. It was really nice not to be on stage. I love what I do. But it's, you know, being on stage is a little different. So it's just nice. I got to go to church at least four different times outside from Ferncliff State Park where we read the Sermon on the Mount with a dear friend to church in the Tetons in Victor, Idaho. That was fun. We just met at their city park. We got to go to a Pentecostal church and a Presbyterian church. We went to a Bible church and a Baptist church. And we went to churches from Illinois to Montana and Idaho and Colorado and Kansas and Missouri. I think I got them all. And when I found out, there's a lot more that unites us than divides us. It was so good. I was like, these people love Jesus. And yeah, we might think differently on baptism or Lord's Supper frequency or leadership and all that stuff. But when the day is done, these people love Jesus too. And these people pray. And these people preach the Bible. And these people want to make more and better followers. They talk about what's makes them more disciples of Jesus and reach our communities for Jesus. It was so, so nice. We got to worship with different cultures and different ethnicities. It was so nice to just see some different things and kind of widen your horizon. And I just found out, you know, we're all kind of just doing the best we can. And no church is perfect, and we've all got kind of our ups and downs, and that's okay. So it was nice to renew my faith this summer through those experiences. So say thank you. I also got to renew some friendships this summer. I'm at that stage of life now where I'm like, I need to be a better friend and have some deeper friendships. I don't know if you're like that, but the, the books I'm reading is like, when you get to your 40s, your friendships really need to be important because you've spent all your time building your house and raising your family that you just kind of have tunnel vision and you really need to just be a friend. So I want to just be a friend. I want to have some good friendships. And Elijah, you remember what he said? God, I'm the only one left, and they want to kill me too. Guess what God says to him? You better listen to him. 1 Kings 19, 19, same same chapter, same verse. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed to Baal or with their mouths, they've not kissed him. There's still 7,000 people that are on your side, Elijah. Look around, you're not alone. So we're not alone. I was able to connect with some older friends. I don't know if we're old yet, but we're older friends. We were, got to see Patrick and his, uh, his family. Some of you may know Patrick. They live in Colorado and got to go hiking with he and his wife and their three boys. And after we went on our hike, we got our Chick-fil-A for lunch. And then we uh, went to the house and hung out. And Quaid's about eight or nine and we were playing some sock baseball in the living room. I'm so glad we didn't break anything. But I had, the, I had the wadded up sock for the ball. And he had a stuffed animal, Jafar, with a cool cape that he could just whip that thing, man. Eight years old. Uh, he's got a future for the Cubs, I think. <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> 
so he, he was, you know, so I, I think probably after about the 100th pitch, it was time to make the call to the bullpen. I was tired. I, was, I just threw pitch after pitch, and he was just smacking. We had so much fun. And Quade looked at me, and he said to his dad, Is he family? Is he family? And we're like, sort of. I mean, no, but yeah. You know, we're, there's just some friendships that are deeper than family. And I was thankful for that moment. I got to connect with my uh, childhood friend, uh, Will King, in my hometown. He's still there. Uh, he was the shortstop. I was the catcher. He was the point guard. I sat on the bench. <laughs> he graduated first. I was about four spots behind him. But he is a Christ follower, and I got to catch up with him, and he's uh, coaching the basketball team in his 18th season. That says something. And he's principaling at an intermediate school, and so I got to catch him at school after school one day, caught up, and I got to pray with him in his office. It was just fun. And one of the goals, I want to just reconnect because it's one of those you don't see each other, you get busy, and uh, I just want to deepen that friendship. And so that... This summer gave me that opportunity, too. I also got to meet some new friends this summer, and that was good. I'm thankful for one of our dear saints here who, in May, she sent me a card and a gift said, I want you to go to one of the local diners and just watch people and maybe meet a friend or two. And so I'm thankful for that encouragement because I don't know if I would have done it without that card. And she said, I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit, and that's what the Spirit tells me. So uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, okay? And so I went uh, to Trenton, Missouri, to where Beth's uncle frequents every single morning at 6.15. I got there about 6.30, 6.45. Hardee's. It was Hardee's every morning. And so I got biscuit and gravy, a cup of hot tea, because I'm not old enough to drink coffee, and a glass of ice water. My kids are old enough, but I don't drink coffee. Um, and so that was my morning. And I sat down there in Trenton, Missouri at Hardee's. And uh, the first guy who comes in sits down. He looks at me because I'm the new guy. It's a small town. Everybody knows everybody for like 100 years. And he looks at me and he's like, who's the guy in the Cubs hat? <laughs> he had another colorful adjective to add to that. And uh, so I got to meet him, and I got to meet George, and I met Bob and Chris and Wayne and Jim, and got to talk about, you know, what's the price of beans, and how's the crops going to be, and stories from the war, and just fun stuff. Every town's got the coffee shop, and it was just nice to engage in those conversations. One of them found out I was a preacher, and they're like, hey, preacher, pray for us. So I prayed with them in Hardee's, but the story I'll remember most is from Chris. Chris is a grandpa, and he was telling me about when his son-in-law, just a couple years ago, his son-in-law got saved. He became a Christian, and he said that uh, his son-in-law's wife, which is his daughter, his daughter would read the Bible and pray with her kids every night, and daddy started overhearing the stories and started seeing the faith lived out, and he gave his life to Jesus. That's a wonderful story. But the way Chris tells it, it's even better because he had tears in his eyes. I said, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for crying. I'm not the only one. And he said, I can't tell that story without crying. And so I was thankful that there are people who weep for lost people who come home to Jesus. 
Love that. So I got to meet some new friends. Thank you for the opportunity to meet some new friends. I read Louis L'Amour, two of them. They're fun books. And one of the Louis L'Amour books, it's called The Shadow Riders, cowboy story. And the two cowboys, it's late at night, and they're sitting out on what I call the boardwalk, the whatever that sidewalk porch thing is that's wood where they just have that cool sound where they have their spurs and, the, and their boots, you know what I'm talking about? So it's late at night, and these two cowboys, and they're waiting for the bad guys to come into town. That's kind of the setup. And uh, one of the cowboys said to the other, he said, Sometimes it's just, you just got to rest and sit and watch the world go by. There's just something to be said for resting, for just sitting and watching the world go by. And I thought, that's kind of Sabbath. We need to kind of have God in there somewhere, but the principle is just to sit and rest and let some of that start. It's getting clearer, you see it? It's going to take some time, though. And so just sit and rest and engage in some of those relationships. What would it look like for us to carve out a day a week or a portion of a day a week to sit and rest? Watch the world go by. Sit on your front porch and just watch. Have that, you know, just God, what do you, what do you want me to hear today? God, what do you want me to see today? What would it look like if you just were able to carve out some time where you don't feel rushed to read through a Bible passage? You can just kind of sit, have a cup of coffee, let it get cold, and have to get it warmed back up. Things like that, just to be still. What would it look like? And can I just say to moms and dads with young kids, it's really, really hard, so don't beat yourself up over this if you can just find a minute or two. We've been there, done that. Don't feel like you're unspiritual when you're changing diapers or picking up messes. Your spiritual walk is going to look different than an empty nester. The time's just different. So find those moments whenever you can, but don't feel guilty when it's just you're doing the best you can to care for your kids. That's biblical and honorable. But just to try and find those moments to be still. So I got to renew my faith. I got to renew some friendships. This is where I will cry. You know what's next, don't you? My family. I had some really, really good time with my family. Thank you. My wife knew what she was doing when she married me. She knew what she was getting into. My kids didn't. (laughs) They didn't have a choice whether they were born in a preacher's home or not. They just kind of, like every family, but it's just, it's different, sort of. And so I just want to say thanks for some special time with my wife and kids. I got to have some special one-on-one time, and I was hoping to have, like, large chunks, but with teenagers, you just got to take it when you get it. Uh, But Beth and I had a sweet, sweet walk. Excuse me. A sweet, sweet walk in Driggs, Idaho. It was a long day of traveling across Wyoming. We saw prairie dogs for one of the first times. That was fun. And uh, Driggs, Idaho, and it was late at night, but it was still, it was like 9 o'clock, but it was still plenty of sunlight because it was the longest days of the year. And uh, the Grand Tetons and the sun setting against the Grand Tetons. And that mountain air, I wish you could uh, just, I, I don't know how to explain it, it's just so crisp and cool and clean. It just felt like natural air conditioning from God. That's all, the best I can describe it. It just felt so good. And just having that leisurely walk with her, it just made me wonder if that's what it felt like for God to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. 
I got to have some time with Grace, and we got on a, went on a little sunset walk in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Sun was setting, and she just shared with me her senior year and all of her class schedule and just the different things that she's got. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for that time. Walker and I played lots of basketball. And that was fun. We got to go to Nationwide Youth Roundup, the Colorado. They have a work week in June. And uh, that's really fun. I hope we can get a group to go sometime because they feed us really, really well. So some of you are sold on that, I already know. Uh, and they put us up in the lodge so you don't have to sleep in a tent. And you're in Colorado. And you just do work projects, uh, whatever needs done, just maintenance type stuff uh, in preparation for the 12 to 1,500 people that will show up the next month. So Walker and I, after supper, we just go play basketball. It's fun. Also during that week, at the work week, Hope and I had her time to work on her jam booklet, her Jesus and Me. It's our baptism preparation tool. And so we got to walk through that and we baptized Hope, as many of you have seen already, uh, in July at Nationwide Youth Roundup. So that was sweet, sweet time. Weston and I got to go camping. We went to Crowder, no, yeah, Crowder State Park near Trenton, Missouri. Just him and I, three, three nights we camped. And that first night we made cowboy dinners. Get your foil, get your hamburger, put all your veggies and goodies, wrap it up, put it in the coals and the fire, and let it cook. First time, well, the second time I'd done that. And it worked, thankfully, because I was like, boy, we're going to be hungry if this doesn't work. Uh, so it's, but the, the foil, the, our food's cooking in the coals. And Wes is sitting in his chair, and he's just looking. See the fire reflecting off of his face? Big smile. That was good. It was a good time just to know that, yeah, this, this is good. So thank you for that gift. And our newest member of the family, Jade, is from France. She's our foreign, our exchange student, uh, and she's living with us this school year. And she and I had a nice time. We canoed around a lake, and we talked about Adam and Eve and what's, a, what's the role for a godly man and a godly woman. And we actually, she had so many questions, we even made two laps around the lake because it was so good. And I just, that was, uh, those were good. We got to see our niece uh, celebrate her sweet 16th birthday on her birthday. I got to watch my nephew uh, run out of the tunnel to start his senior year as fullback for their opening game of the season. Uh, it was just fun to have those memories. Thank you. I got to ride with Beth's Uncle Jim and his new sprayer, and we sprayed beans. That was fun. It was cool. Uh, I got to find out what water hemp is. Uh, the weeds, water hemp, and shatter cane. I learned how to identify those things now. Uh, so it was just really, really good. So thank you. It was Labor Day weekend. You know, that was my last kind of Sunday away, and I was thinking to myself, okay, God, what's, what's, the, what's the story here? What's the, you know, I'm a preacher. What's the big idea? What's the summary point? What's the goal? What happened this summer? And it's nice because when this dust and dirt settles, you hear things. You can see things and feel things. And I was there in bed, and I just remember this verse that was, I, I'm like, I remember this, but I don't know where it's at in the Bible. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The, world, the reason the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. And I, I had to go look up the next day. I'm like, where is that? I know it's in there somewhere. You ever have that feeling? 
I know it's in there somewhere. Preachers still have that time too, okay? And so it's 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. And so that first sentence or two is really what captured my attention. And as the moments as I was sitting in that nice green overstuffed chair in the, in the living room at the, at the farm, I just kept thinking, God loves me. So you sent your preacher away all summer to find out and be reminded that God loves me. I knew that before I left. And I felt it before, but I just really felt it this summer. And you got to be careful with feelings. But when feelings line up with Scripture, it's really, really good. And so I just remembered that God loved me. It's okay to be in His presence. It's okay to be still and quiet because God loves me. He gave His Son Jesus to rescue me, to restore that relationship. It's okay. God loves me. I even went to chapel at Ozark Christian College. Guess what the preacher's main idea was? God loves us. I just kept getting the theme over and over. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. I was hoping to study this verse out a little bit. You know, that, that word lavish just sounds really cool. I was hoping there'd be really some cool story. And then I found out and I studied it. It's the word forgive. See what great love the Father has given to us. John likes that word. He's used it before in his gospel, same chapter. For God so loved the world that he gave. He lavished on us. Gave us one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sabbath rest gives us the opportunity to experience God's love, the Father's love. I journaled a lot this summer, and from day one, the way I journaled my prayers, Father, Father, thank you, Father, Father. You, you go back, and I'm almost certain I usually use dear God or Lord, but for some reason this summer it was Father. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. So thank you for this gift of time. I could share lots and lots more, but I I'll save that for other days. And I've got a big scrapbook I'd be happy to share with you. But I want to encourage you, what would it look like to set aside a, some time, a day a week or a portion of a day to just say, this is, this is God, me and God time, to rest, refresh, and reflect our passion for God. If God's stirring your heart, uh, I want to be available to you. I'll be outside underneath the canopy before... Um, you, as you leave, uh, we'll also have a couple people down front to pray with you after the service if you'd like someone to pray with you. Uh, but let me pray as we uh, turn our attention to the Lord's Supper. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have lavished your love on us. And I pray that we will just carve out moments each week and every day to just be still and to hear your voice. I want to thank you for this congregation and their generosity. I want to thank you for this gift of time that you have given to 
me and my family and this church. I pray that as your spirit does his work, uh, that we will respond as you want us to. In the name of King Jesus, we pray. Amen.